Market Research Podcast Award is back, and it's time to nominate your favorite Kick-Ass Insights podcast for a chance to win the coveted title of MR Podcast of the Year. Nominations are now open, and they'll stay open through June 30th. Voting will then start July 1st and go through August 12th. Nominate your absolute favorite podcast of the insights industry at littlebirdmarketing.com slash mr-podcast-award. The winner will be announced this September at Greenbook's IIEX Behavior. Will your favorite insights podcast make the cut? And welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla, the CEO and Little Bird Mama here. And I have with me today my executive VP, Ashley LeBlanc. Ashley, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to talk about our topic today, blogging, teaser, spoiler alert, because this is one of those topics that people are kind of afraid of it. They really are. And actually... We know from our side, it's very hard to hire very good writers. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a skill. And sometimes I feel, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, is it a dying art? <laughs> like, you know, it is a little bit hard to come by. And when you come across a fantastic writer, it's almost like completely awestruck, you know? Right, right. I know. And this is this is the thing where it, it can be scary because trusting someone to write something for you, whether that's internally an employee or externally an agency can be scary because not only do they need to help you sound like an expert on a topic, but it also has to sound like your brand. And that combination can be very hard for people. Okay. So I'm going to give a shout out to Leighton, the other executive VP on this team, because, you know, forever I wrote every single one of our blogs. And that was my life. I was, you know, a blog writer. (laughs) And now, you know, our total team, we may send out almost a thousand blogs a year out of this place. And I remember when Leighton wrote a blog on my behalf for my brand for Little Bird Marketing. So I was the client. And I remember reading it. And I thought, wait, did I have Leighton write this? Did I write this? And I thought, oh my gosh, that is probably the best compliment I could give. And then it was probably the second blog he wrote for me that I went, oh, this is better than me. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay, since then, dude, you need to write my blogs. (laughs) But he and I have such a good time writing back and forth. I think that's one really great skill he has Mm -hmm. is really understanding the nuance of voice. And, you know, everybody comes at writing with their own skill set. And so it is an interesting game of matchmaker, finding the right writer for the right brand that we have under our wing. You know, Leighton and I definitely are good at the quirky and whimsical and add the gif and, you know, probably a lot of references to Freddie Mercury and and the like. (laughs) (laughs) David Byrne, David Bowie, there's usually something like that in there. But then we have other writers here who are really great at just kind of lightening the mood with pop culture. And then we have some people that are really good about checklisting it. Mm. I think of this person named Ashley. Mm. (laughs) Who could that be? Her checklists have checklists. And so that writing style is so interesting. But we're going to delve in today to one of our favorite topics, blog writing. And I know 
we freaked you out and you feel like you want to run away because Ashley's right. A lot of people are very frightened of it. And you know what? Thank God, because we're very gainfully employed because of it. <laughs> but we want to give you some tips for your team because it is important to get blogs out and it is important to really hone in your voice from your brand. We're happy to help people and we're happy to write for people. We do a lot of ghostwriting, but it is also really freeing to be able to improve your own writing. So we have put together a couple of top tips, best blogging tips for the non-writers. <laughs> so this show is for you. And one thing I, I will say too, is while we're talking about blogging, all the tips we give today can be applied to your social influence efforts, right? That this, what we're going to talk about, you can use for, if you're writing an article on LinkedIn, if you're writing an article, that's going to contribute to an outside publication even if you're writing a fantastic social media post, a lot of the things we're going to talk about today can also be tied to that. So if even if you don't fancy yourself a writer or a blogger, still tune in because I think that this conversation will benefit you. A hundred percent. So we've come up with these four tips. And so we're just going to, I'm going to share the actual idea with you. And then we're just going to talk shop around it a little bit. So the first thing, this is going to come as no surprise to anybody who knows us is that you need to know your audience. You need to have developed your most ideal client persona. And this is where not only doing the buyer persona work is important. But guess what? Getting the piece of paper that has all the information with the, with the buyer persona out on your desk and in front of you, because this semi-fictional representation of your ideal customer is what you need to have in mind. Like I like to even think about that person sitting in the seat. They're my audience and I am writing just for them. One thing to focus on here too, is when we start talking about audience or personas, a lot of people go to like classic demographic information. And while that can give shape to your ideal persona, when you're writing for a persona, you really need to tap into things like pains and frustrations and dreams and aspirations, right? You are answering their questions. What is bothering them? What's keeping them up at night? What's getting them out of bed in the morning? These are the things that we're talking about in regards to writing towards your persona. The other things can help, but really what we're talking about are those questions that are just, it's that tap on the shoulder that they're like, man, if someone would help me answer this. It would make my job, my life so much easier. Right. And when we coach clients through this and help them understand this from their client's perspective, I like to say, okay, so you're on the phone with your most ideal client and they say, oh, what's the next thing out of their mouth? <laughs> That's the thing that will be interesting to write a blog about. Not something that you had an idea on a plane while you were doing something like, I would like to talk about, you know, the variance between customer acquisition cost and KPIs for like, you're, nobody cares. Like we're, we're already asleep, but we need to think about that frustration. I love that. What you said is like, what is keeping them up at night? What are these pains? What are the things that are going to motivate them to actually, you know, say, oh my gosh, you could totally help me. So that is super important. What comes out of their mouth. Then we need to tie that to what keywords are in their industry. How would they say that? And that's why I say, like, think about what comes out of their mouth right at that time, because that is the thing they're going to go take their thumbs <laughs> to their phone and start 
typing in the words of what it is they're looking for. And I want their thumbs to deliver your blog as an answer, right? So maybe we could say fingers if you're going to use desktop and, and whatnot. But, you know, <laughs> we want to hone in on that problem and solution type of uh, trust factor. Yeah. And let me say too, that strategy has to be tied to the word keyword, keyword strategy, because we can make a lot of assumptions about what the right keyword should be, could be. But in reality, what if you are not your ideal buyer, you don't truly know what they're typing in. So you need to use a third-party tool to really help you understand what those keywords are and what, what the probability of you fighting and ranking for them are too. That's going to play into your strategy big time. Yeah. And it's not like the obvious thing. I'm going to tell you right now, of course, we teach cohorts of people to become social media influencers on LinkedIn in the B2B environment. So we are talking about how we are social media experts. Well, we had to do the research. Is it social media experts or social media expert? Those are different keywords, people. And so this is not about, oh, Ashley and I are smarter than you and we know what keywords. No, we just go do the research. We go let it tell us what people are typing in, what they're searching for, what their problems are that they're facing. And so we match that up with a blog title. So you've got to know your persona. Last thing I'm going to say about personas too is how it links to your topics. A lot of times you'll hear in marketing, you'll hear them referred to as your topic clusters or even pillar content, like what you want to be known for. And Something I see a lot of times with clients or even people and other brands and their marketing efforts is they try to go too many directions. You want to be known for too many things. And over time, that can work. But really, if you are creating a blog strategy, I would challenge you to say, what are the three, four, five tops things that you want to be known for? And how can you continue to write about those five main topics? Of course, from many different angles, but those five main topics should dictate every blog that you're writing about. And that is going to help you build authority with Google because now you've talked about, for example, us, buyer personas. <laughs> now you've talked about buyer personas to so your blue in the face. Your website is littered with buyer persona material. You've talked about them at an awareness level. You've talked about them at a higher us to do your prior persona level. And so Google knows, Little Bird Marketing knows what they're doing in relation to buyer personas. When someone searches that term, I'm going to serve them up as a result because I know that's what they do. Okay, this is where I'm going to enter my GIF into our podcast. I think about the movie Hitch. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. So Will Smith is telling, you know, uh, what's the actor? He's telling, oh gosh, I'm, I'm totally it. No, yeah, not Kevin yeah, Hart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Kevin Hart. Kevin, it's Ke Kevin James. So he's telling Kevin James, you know, to get the girl. No, you got it. You're dancing. You know, you're right here. Not all this crazy stuff. Not out here. Not, no, no, don't do the, don't do the Bee Gees thing, you know? And he's just like, no, you are right here. You are not going anywhere. You are just right here. White man's overbite. You know, he's like, <laughs> keep it safe. Keep it here. And I liken that to the idea of when you are first starting content, you've got to stay right with home base. It's not that the other thing might not be flashy, <laughs> but it's very risky, right? What we know is the surefire way is to keep it at home base and really know your stuff. So the next point, which really kind of flows into this is that you really need to think about how you can include reputable links 
in your blog writing. I know people think, oh, it's all about the writing. No, it's about how you actually link that writing to other authoritative sites on the interwebs. Yeah. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about this show's sponsor. Ready to understand and engage your multilingual audience? With language services in over 75 languages, Multilingual Connections provides the linguistic accuracy you expect with cultural nuance you need. Whether you need translation, transcription, subtitles, or voiceovers, Multilingual Connections tailors their high-quality language services to fit your unique needs. Request a quote and mention Little Bird Marketing to get $100 off your first project at mlconnections.com. That's mlconnections.com. And this one is something in regards to blog writing that is missed all the time. But if we want to talk an SEO strategy, if we want to talk about authority on Google, Google will straight up tell you this is the number one way to start ranking for something. It's to associate yourself, to piggyback on someone else's authority that they've already worked hard to get on Google. So that is outbound links to people that are talking about similar things that you are, but it's also internal links too. Really, if I were to peer behind the curtain of your blog, it should look like a spider web. In your blog, if you reference something else that you talked about on your website, in another blog, in a podcast, there should be an internal link to that. That exact phrase is now linked to this other piece of material talking about that thing. Now, we don't want to overdo it, right? Every other word should not be linked to something here. But thinking strategically of, okay, if I was putting myself in the ideal buyer persona's shoes and reading this, what other content would be helpful for helping solve their problem for this issue? Can I solve it through another blog? If this blog is in awareness stage, can I link to something that that would nurture them along in the buying process, right? Again, thinking it through as the spider web that's existing behind your website, connecting you to outside sources, but also your own resources that exist on your website already. Well, we do know that the B2B buyer is consuming an average of 14 pieces of content before they make their decision. And so we like to say to our clients, how many of those 14 belong to you? Mm -hmm. So we do want the spider web that Ashley is talking about behind you. So let me break this down just to give you an example. So for example, this podcast, let's pretend it were a blog. We are talking about the best blogging tips for non-writers. Okay, that's, you know, that's what we're talking about. But then then I talk about, oh, what's really important is that you have really well-developed persona, ideal client personas. So when I'm in that sentence and saying that, imagine ideal client personas is underlined and hyperlinked to a free resource that we have on our webpage, which we do, and you can have it, but where it's like, if someone's reading going, oh, I was interested in blogging, but actually now that you say that, I need to go back and I need to work on this persona idea. And so we're being kind to the audience and saying, look, you can keep reading, you can keep listening, whatever it is. But if you were more interested in this, we're going to let you go ahead and peel off to where you want to go. And it's this Easter egging that is really rewarded on sites because if you think about it this way, Google, (laughs) here's the bombshell people, Google is not a non-for-profit. Google (laughs) makes money on ads and they want you to want to go to Google. They don't want you to go to Microsoft's Bing. 
right? They want you to go to Google. Now we say, just Google it. I mean, it's a freaking verb. So they've done a good job, but they want you to stay on Google. So they want to do a good job when you go to their search, providing you the right answer. It's very frustrating for you if you go to Google and you say, I'm looking for the best pie in town and it brings you to a bakery and you're standing in Chicago and you wanted pizza, right? So Google wants to understand the intent of the actual searcher and deliver something right for you. So they want you to have a positive experience. And so they reward sites that let people Easter egg around and really get to the nitty gritty, you know, of what it is they're trying to do. I'm sorry. It's hard for me to go through like a whole day without Nacho Libre quotes or anything. (laughs) (laughs) So you can see that topic that Ashley brought up. I mean, it goes deep and deep and deep. So even if you need to just back up this podcast a little bit and kind of let that sink in again, it can be really important because it'll start changing your mindset about how you write a blog. A blog is not a one-off. A blog is a piece of a strategy of many, many blogs linked together. I've never heard you say that about a spider web behind it, but I really like that. I like that visual. And I think that's something that we should be going for. Okay, the third one is make your content easy to digest. Hmm. (laughs) Keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) Yeah, let's let that settle in for a second. This this is, again, it feels so obvious. But the funny thing about this is like, most of the time education has trained us to do opposite, right? We're always working towards a word count. Anytime I talk to someone about writing a blog, I feel like the first question asked is what's the word count? What should the word count be? How long does this need to be? And so people, when they think blogging, if you're not a writer, that can be really intimidating. Well, how much do I have to write? And and I have to say so much about this, but in reality, your viewer probably won't read the whole thing if you make it thousands upon thousands upon thousands of words long. They're going to make it a few paragraphs in and they're going to check out. Okay. But Sarah Kava from Fieldwork is really going to enjoy that you just said that because she tells me the story of me speaking from the stage at Insights Marketing Day one time and someone fielded a question. Yeah, but I can't reuse that blog because people have already read it. And I literally just straight across said, nobody's reading your blog (laughs) to this guy. (laughs) And she was like, oh, I knew I loved you right then. But the thing is, we get very fixated on, oh, I wrote this eight pager. It's like, that's not what people want to do. They want to get the value and they want to get out. And so you have to ask yourself, it's not the word count like what you said. What I like to tell people is like, oh, write as long as you're not boring. That's when you stop. Mm. And if that, if you get three sentences in and you're boring, that's the end of the blog. And if you're three pages in and I'm riveted and can't put it down, then that's how long your blog is going to be. Right. And that's a good, you know, measure. And there are so many other ways to make your content dynamic too. Let's say you just took Priscilla's advice and you actually can write about a topic in a very interesting way. And it's going to be a long form piece of content. Fantastic. However, we know that even visually, that does not work for people's eyes. It just won't. People will give up. Eyes will get tired. So now you need to think critically about how are you going to break up that content? Where are you going to have icons? Where are you going to have images? Where are you going to have videos? What text are you bolding? How are your headlines working? Keep your paragraph short. There are so many things that involve around formatting that can really change the overall feel of your piece 
and improve time on page, keep people on your blog for actually longer, increasing the likelihood of them reading it in its entirety. Yeah, exactly. Where are you going to put the the gif of Kevin James dancing? Right. Right. I mean, <laughs> you got to have a place for that, man. It's going to break it up and make people keep reading. <laughs> okay. So the last one is to use an online writing assistant. And I know you're probably thinking, what? You guys are professional writers. Why are you saying this? Ashley, please tell us why. Tell our <laughs> listeners why this is so important. <laughs> the thing is, sometimes you're writing blogs <laughs> and you're tired or fill in the blank. Things happen, Right. It never hurts to have a second or a third check. So tools like Grammarly, that's one of our favorites. We all have basic spell check enabled on our phones, on our computers, on our you know Word docs, on our Google docs. But these additional resources like Grammarly can really help catch even the smallest things. So whether you're writing it yourself, whether you're having someone on your team write it, whether you're outsourcing it, it's one of those things that helps you build, like if you are scared giving a piece out for someone else to write, Grammarly is an awesome tool to say like, hey, can you write this for me? Also, can you use Grammarly? (laughs) It's a two for one uh, because you know you're going to get something back that's going to help check things like grammar, like spelling, but also vocabulary, readability, clarity. These tools can gauge so many more things than just your basic spell check. And emotion. Like sometimes it's like, mm-hmm. mm, you're coming Sentiment, off like yeah. you're really mad. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like, oh, I don't mean to be. <laughs> you know, and I'm, sometimes I see that little icon and I'm like, okay, be nice, Priscilla. Right. <laughs> you know, or, you know, I love it when it, it shows the happy face. And you're like, yeah, I was doing something really fun and it's a prize and it's a drawing and it's like, yay, you know, and you see that affirmation and, and that is so good. So do, you know, look for Grammarly. Obviously, that's that's a pretty obvious one. But whenever we mention something like that, you can always say, go to Google, the verb Google, Google it and look for competitor to Grammarly. And you can get a lot of other options. So you can go try something else. We don't, we're not sold on any one particular thing. We happen to use Grammarly and it works well for us because you, we're constantly changing platforms. So Mm -hmm. we'll be in HubSpot. Then we're in a Word doc. Then we're, you know, on email. Then we're like, and that moves with you. And that is a really big benefit to that. Now, CoSchedule is another one that is a really good marketing resource. Mm. And it offers really more of a headline analyzer. And that's a tool to create better headlines. And that is kind of in more in alignment with that strategy to create better SEO to get that traffic and, and that all important thing that you know, Ashley just talked about, which is increasing that time on page, we want to get that real value, like we want, we don't want to bait and switch, we want to bring people through the search engine to your blog that you're writing, because it was really what they intended. Mm -hmm. And so you can do that through some of these amazing tools. But I got to tell you, you know, in terms of the writing assistant, and also what we said earlier about making it easier to digest, it makes me think of another movie of, (laughs) of River Runs Through It. Thank you, Brad Pitt. Lovely, lovely movie. But you know, the father is a teaches them from home and he wants to go out and fish and he's a young kid and he has to bring his assignment to the dad and the dad, you know, he was a a minister. So he's always writing his sermons, but very good writer. And he looks at the kid's thing, puts all the red lines through it, hands it back to him and says half as long. And he has to bring it back to the dad. And then the dad marks it up again. And the father hands it back to him and says, again, half as long. And, you know, everybody attributes that famous quote to Mark Twain, which is, 
I would have written you a short letter, but I didn't have the time. So I wrote you a long one instead. And I'm sure I mess it up in one form or another, but the idea is there, it is very hard to write in with clarity and to write with precision and to be concise. That takes time. But I will add one last thing to it. And that is that I love punchy writing. I love short staccato sentences. It's just something that really speaks to me. And so you do need to think about that your audience likes different, you know, type of writing. And just I'm going to give a lovely shout out to John Dick from Civic Science. He is my favorite writer in the industry by a long margin. <laughs> and he has a newsletter. I know as soon as I said newsletter, everybody just went to sleep. But I am telling you, I wait for this newsletter. It arrives every Saturday in my inbox. And I know I go like this to the husband will be going somewhere. I'm like, he goes, you're going to read me that newsletter, aren't you? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I sure am. Because it's so witty. It's like he doesn't waste words. He gets right to the point. And because of it, I feel the emotion. I'm brought with him to where he's going. And I don't need convincing. I'm just, yep, 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 yep. And I'm tracking and there's not a bunch of superfluous words. I said, I wasn't gonna say anything else, but I have one more thing to say. You and I both know that it's very hard to find young writers who can write concisely. Yeah, They usually flowered up. Let me make it better for right. the boss and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, no, again, half as long. Yeah. I want to sum it up with a phrase you just said. And I think this should be like our campaigning title for <laughs> pushing people to blog. It's don't waste words. That is mm-hmm. such an important phrase. If you're going to take up the time, the eyeballs, the space, the brain space of your ideal persona, make it worth their time. Yeah. I don't want to read your blog and go, oh, I want my minutes back. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Okay. So just to recap, our four things were number one, make sure you honed in and are super focused on your audience. So guys, persona development. Number two, include links to reputable websites, and that includes your own. So make it that spider web that Ashley talked about. The third thing was make it easy to digest. Please don't make me work so hard. You know, put in some images, put some bullet points, like just get to the point and be done. And the last one is use writing assistance because you may be a non-writer. You may be a very good writer, but these kinds of assistance really help us in a busy and a noisy and a frazzled world where we're trying to get content out. And believe me, you don't want to have a, oops, (laughs) I I put something out and I mean, it's inevitable, but you know, really looking at the professional legitimacy of your brand, it's important to get things right. And little, you know, getting something that can just automate catching a few of the small things for you can be a massive relief. We can't wait to see what you write. Make sure that you tag us when you post about it in social media and from all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day. Happy blogging and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.